to Anthony about about his eulogy. And I thought I'd just do the short one. I'd just go, here he is. No, I, I did ask, actually, earlier on. I said, do you think we'd actually make the news on LBC? What, you or I, well, I if, if we actually sort of passed over? Would you not make the news? Yeah, oh, of course you would. Oh, then we, well, I, I'd mention you. Really? On the news. Absolutely, oh, yeah. I wouldn't say a lot, you know, being keeping with, you know, your time here. Yeah. I'd, I'd say something pleasant. Is it four years? Four years? What do you get for four years? Uh, nothing. You don't get a watch or anything. Fired. Fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like GMTV. Anyway, see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Au revoir. Anthony wends his way. Actually, it's quite dark outside. Well, it would be. It's night, isn't it? <laughs> Surprised about it being dark in Leicester Square. It's nice to be company. Trust you well. The good news is that they were flying people in. I don't want to go back onto the planes again so soon because the volcano has started spewing out steam. And I'm looking at pictures at the moment, and I don't know what it's throwing out. I don't know if this is rocks. or They're quite fascinating volcanoes. But well done to everybody, because they were ferrying people in. I think he threw about 16 flights in. And, uh, and I've, I've got this app on my iPhone, which is called Plane Finder. And the other day, I clicked onto it, and it was empty. There were no planes. Now you, you click onto Plane Finder. It's chock-a-block up there. Chock-a-block in the skies. So uh, I, was, I was really impressed with that. And then, well done. The trains ran throughout the night to get people back from the airport. Didn't hear Bob Crow complaining about that one, exploiting his members. Normally he's the first one to come tiptoeing out with his little baseball cat on. Well, this is, uh, you know, I was talking to my fellow union members. And I don't think he talks about that at all. Anyway, and he sort of, uh, and he'd be complaining. But of course, this time, probably somebody said, best keep it buttoned, I think, Bob. Don't make yourself look a bit silly, OK? Train drivers want to get out there and work and earn a bit of extra money. Good for them. But I'm assuming they must have kept all the stations open. Unless it just rattled all the way through and stopped off at Victoria. Be awful if you go, but I live in Hounds... Oh, it's gone straight past it. Uh, can we get up a... Ch- oh, straight through Chiswick. What a nightmare that could be. Anyway, so yesterday, uh, having sort of thrilled myself beyond belief that Adrian Childs was leaving the one show and he was going to defect to a station with no audience... Uh, even though the same person is trying to overhype Christine Bleakley and make her sound like she's some sort of force to be reckoned with, which, of course, she isn't, as you will discover when Chris Evans is in there. I think with, with, with Chris Hollins during the week, he's, he's a little bit of a, what I call, you know, he's, he's very competent and he'll be fine, but he's a bit drippy. And she'll, she'll start taking over the programme and that's when you'll suddenly start seeing all the flaws that she's not actually that good. And that's why I think things will change then. However... Things changed dramatically over at GMTV. No sooner was Adrian Childs announced to be going there and he was going to be the main presenter than uh, it was announced that Andrew Castle is going and Ben Shepherd. Although the, the Ben Shepherd one was quite interesting because it came through as Ben Shepherd had in fact told them at the beginning of the year that he wasn't renewing his contract and he was moving on to more exciting things. And I thought... Funny you've kept that one fairly quiet. It's not normally the sort of thing that they... Normally, you don't keep stuff like that quiet at the beginning of the year. You actually end up telling people, so it then puts you out in the open market again. Because his agent, and I'm assuming it came from the agent, has said, oh, he's, uh, he's looking forward to doing some exciting things. I thought, he's on the job market. He hasn't got anything lined up at all. Because his main source of income is GMTV. You don't get bigger exposure. Well, you do, actually, than a million, because it's a t- teeny tiny audience. 
I mean, good grief, hardly worth bothering with, and that's why nobody can understand uh, Mamby Pamby Adrian throwing his toys out and going there. Why would you go from four, four five million to one million? Answer, because he thought he could take on the BBC, and the BBC went, go on, try it. And, of course, he had to walk, because otherwise he'd be losing face. And so, Ben Shepherd. Now, what normally happens is, if you're a presenter and they decide to get rid of you, they normally allow you to say, uh, well, I, I, I quit because I've got other things coming up. They don't normally, with presenters, and it's always been like this for as long as I've been in the business, they don't normally say, say to somebody, right, we have in fact fired, hypothetically, we, we have in fact fired, you know, Ben Shepherd. So what they normally, in situations, allow them to do is they'll actually allow them to save face and put themselves back on the open market and say, well, he's, um, he's already announced that he, he was going to go anyway. We just decided not to tell people. And he's going to go at the end of the summer. What, what they'll do in a lot of cases on radio presenters is they take them off air straight away. Because if it's a radio presenter who is going to... And for some reason it doesn't seem to work the same on television. I don't know why. But if you're a radio presenter going from here to another radio station within your transmission area, they would take you off air straight away. And they would put you on what used to loosely be called gardening leave. So, in other words, you sat at home because they didn't want you plugging where you're going to be going to. Because that then takes the audience away from where you were. And, and if, if you're lucky enough to have an audience that follows you, they might... F- so it, it's, it's best all round that nobody says anything. So in the case of Ben Shepherd, I found it quite odd that it was announced yesterday that Adrian Charles was going. And then all of a sudden, within a matter of... Six hours, out comes Ben Shepherd's agent to say, well, he'd already told them he wasn't renewing his uh, contract at the beginning of the year. And you have to take it with a pinch of salt, don't you? You have to, you, you sort of think to yourself, I mean, would that be the case? Why would you give up the comfort of GMTV? I'll have for some changes down there. And especially now that Katie Derham is quitting ITN to go to the BBC. Now, she's been staunch ITN. I do find it odd when people leave from ITV to go to the BBC. Very rarely do you get people who go back the other way. They don't normally go from the BBC to ITV because that's seen as a, as a down market thing. ITV had the money, but the BBC had the stability. You were, you were part of a fact. It's like being part, part of Global. You know, we've got so many radio stations around the country. I'm sure if ever I decided that, you know, I couldn't speak anymore, I could go and present classical music or something like that and probably do it quite well, I think. But uh, so there was all of that going on yesterday. And I was fascinated by, you know, the, the tactics backwards and forwards. And all I kept thinking was, at the end of the day, GMTV, no matter how small the audience is, is going to have a complete new lineup, and it's going to look like a BBC programme. And that's not the, th- the thing. And the other problem with Adrian Charles, I'm sure he's absolutely lovely, but he has, um, he has actually got, you know, one of those boring voices. And, and you think to yourself, it's not what you need first thing in the morning. What you need first thing in the morning, much as though I'm not a big Ben Shepherd fan, I think, he's, I think he's fine. I think he's far too inexperienced, far too young to be doing a breakfast programme on television. But it's always been a bit a bit light and frothy. Every time he does a news item, you just get the feeling it's like sort of handing a nuclear reactor to a seven-year-old and going, explain that to us. And I do get that with Ben. I'm sure he's absolutely lovely. He's a bit vain, and I think they they laugh at him and that. And I think that they're going to change it and try and make it a little bit more adult and serious, which is probably going to kill the audience. So, say, a minuscule at the moment, you're not going to turn it into a BBC programme. Certainly wouldn't be a patch on anything on LBC. But uh, I've heard from people in in the business that Ben is another one who, who could have been likely to throw his toys out with the bathwater. Because there's nothing worse, is there? You're there, 
I mean, I, I could just imagine if all of a sudden there was a piece in the paper saying LBC's early breakfast show uh, presenter is, is James Max. And, uh, so I've come over quite ill then. And, um, and, you, and I'd be thinking, wait a minute, nobody said anything to me. Why has nobody said anything to me? You know, if, if they were thinking of sort of moving people around, you'd think out of courtesy they would. And of course they would. So you can imagine if you open up the papers and there is your name with Andrew Castles and they're going, Ben Shepherd fired. Andrew Castle fired. Because if they're bringing somebody else in and they're calling them the main presenter and they're doing five days a week, you think to yourself, but wait a minute, where's Andrew Castle? And we know Andrew does tennis and he can do his sporting things. Although it does seem that Adrian Charles seems to have got the sporting things sewn up at the same time. So where does that leave Ben Shepherd? Answer, sitting there holding his toys and his pencil. You know, so what do you do? You have to issue a statement saying, well, he said he was going anyway. You know, lots of exciting things in the pipeline. You think, what? Well, lots of exciting... What? You know, we know what Barbara Windsor's doing when she finishes EastEnders. She's got a million things in the diary. Shows no sign of slowing down at all. In the case of Ben, they'll be going, you know, what what, what will happen? I mean, I, I, see, I see and I hear that sort of Ben uh, is, is roughly behaving the same. Remember Dermot o- O'Leary, when he got the X Factor, he then quit X Factor, Ben then quit X Factor on ITV2. And, and you think just, uh, it's, it, it, it's a bit temperamental out there, isn't it, at the moment? I love it. I can't get enough of it. I have to be honest. I would love to be a cameraman. I said yesterday on the first day of, uh, of, um, of, uh, of, of Adrian's uh, thing. Adrian's thing? Adrian, what? What's his name? I can't forget his name now all of a sudden. Adrian Charles, sorry. And for the first day's there and the cameraman going, we don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like you at all because it won't be the same. He'll he'll be trying to fit in, and um, it it it'll just not be happening. Depending on who's who's going to be sitting there at the moment. Poor Kate Garraway's in hospital, poor soul with appendicitis. So we wish her well and uh, Derek, and I hope that everything goes very well for them. But uh, it's 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 an uncertain time, isn't it, at GMTV, where they're looking at it, thinking it's been ticking over the million for ages and ages, just under the million. It needs something to do it. What are they going to do? Get rid of everybody. Ben Shepherd's been there ten years, ten years, five years, I think, spent being an entertainment correspondent, which he was not very good at at all. And then they obviously went, oh, he's pretty, and the housewives like him, so we'll put him on there. And then they went, well, we think Adrian's got something a little bit more serious. I don't think he has actually, and. Uh, <laughs> Like like most little people, Ben Ben Shepherd thinks that he's uh, what? Why oh, do you make your part? So, uh, yes, well, well, I've I've worked with little people before. I'm not saying that you're a munchkin or anything like that, person. or you're doing pantomime with six other small people <laughs> this year, <laughs> and you'll be singing that song "Hi Ho." <laughs> but <laughs> actually, the funny thing is that my, my producer, as you know, not not blessed with height, but um, when I went to see pantomime one year, they couldn't find enough dwarves to do these seven dwarves. You have to be... Because they, they, they get booked up years in advance. There's only the one, the pantomime, that they do. And it's no way... I mean, she's busy till 2013. But they only had three in this pantomime. And what they had to do... At one point, they have this bit of rope that they're pulling. And they, they're pulling. And the, the, when, when they got off stage, they had to run round the other side, change hats and cling onto the rope so it looked like it was another... But we all knew it was the same person. <laughs> I don't want to mention that, because I've got nothing against short people, you know. In fact, Randy Newman did a lovely song about you. Short people are not tall people, and it's 16 past five. These are the headlines. The row over who'll pay for the flight chaos is stepping up, as Ryanair insists it'll refund passengers their fare, but not a penny more.
Main party leaders head to Bristol later for the second of the leaders' debates. You can hear it live on LBC tonight. And a third man's being questioned in connection with the fatal shooting of a 16-year-old girl at a takeaway in Hoxton. Let's have a check on the road for you. Anything we can guarantee in London, isn't it? Jay Louise! Thank you very Is much. Is oh, it on hello. or off, the, the, the wedding? I don't know where we it's got It's on, to. it's on. It's on. <laughs> the, 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 the flights are going ahead? They are, and I've got family arriving from South Africa tomorrow. Oh, so fantastic. I'm so happy. Thank you. Northbound on the A12, now between Hackney and Leighton. Traffic current. Morning, every 18 minutes past five. The amount of gossip I get fed on this programme is, I mean, sometimes I get fed so many things and I think, I can't repeat that. I'd love to repeat it. Because then you'd be going, where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? So my lips are sealed. Like that. Uh, Katie Derham apparently went to ITV from the BBC. She's returning, Steve. Do you know she was earning 200,000 a year at ITV? Which, and I know you might laugh, but I don't think it's that much money. I really don't think it's that. For, for what she, I know, listen, years ago, I remember telling you this, that when uh, Max Bygraves was doing Family Fortunes, he was on, I think it was, and Dale might better confirm that, about 60 grand a show. 60,000 pounds a show. Strangely enough, the truth, and, and this, this I've heard from a, a fairly reliable source, the, the, the first that any of the GMTV staff heard about Adrian was, it, was when they read it in the tabloids. They didn't know about it. I suspect, actually, what happened was, and I, he, here I am guessing completely, that Adrian goes, right, I want to do this. Calvin McKenzie stuck his six penneth in and said, oh, it was over the Friday with uh, Chris Evans. I don't think it was that at all. I, I heard that they wanted him to record another show on a Friday, which would take him off the programme. He said, I don't want to come off the programme. I want to stay doing this on the Friday. And they went, well, we want you to do this other programme. And, and he said, well, I don't want to do it. So then it reached stalemate. And then it comes down to who's bigger, the presenter or the, or the company? And in this case, they went, well, that's what we want to do. He was then faced with the, do you go back with tail between legs? And people go, mm, didn't win that one, did you? Uh, or do you then go, I'm going. His agent, then I'm assuming, I don't know who his agent is, has to work really hard, immediately goes to GMTV or whoever and goes, listen, Adrian Charles will be uh, willing to do your breakfast show. And ITV go, really? You go, it comes with an audience of four or five million. Want to try it? And they go, yeah. So up until then, I shouldn't imagine anybody had any idea because the people at GMTV wouldn't be making the decisions. If you noticed, it's ITV making the decisions for GMTV because they're running this strip across the daytime and that's why they said in the papers yesterday, whether or not this one happens, I don't know, that they're going to make Lorraine Kelly work a five-day week. At the moment, she makes a, a two-day week for 350000 but she has to record two programmes. So, I mean, it, very interesting. Uh, the deal was only offered the day before he accepted. Came in very late, very lucky. That comes from a very reliable source. Can't tell you what my sources are. But uh, it's, it's an interesting conundrum that people move from the Beeve to ITV. I mean, I, I mean Dale's done programmes for the other side. Even though he's a BBC contract player, he, he can do programmes for the other side. But his loyalty is going to be with the BBC. I would think. Might be wrong. You watch. I'll be finding out that one later on today. So it's interesting that I reckon the staff at GMTV didn't have the faintest idea. The big bosses go, this is what we're doing. We're going to move Adrian in. He can go and head up some football programmes and everybody be uh, be quite happy with the situation. Everybody except Benjamin Shepherd, who's not at all happy, I wouldn't have thought. Um, on the, uh, the paper front, and because we're now getting people back in from abroad and we're getting back to normal, 
and we appear to be getting back to normal. There's, uh, there's the big debate, Bristol tonight. James Whale will be covering that. Nick's out on the battle bus tomorrow. He's embarking. Petri will be doing all the follow-ups today. So uh, you better make sure if you want to be up to, uh, to date with that, you do it. The story that I did yesterday has been picked up by The Sun today. And this is the fact that it's, it's a bit of a swizz on the dancing dog on Britain's Got Talent. You remember the word? It's a professional dancing dog. Uh, Rescue dog Chandy has already been in other talent competitions, won tens of thousands of pounds. Professionally, you know, it's not just here is a woman with a dog and it just does these tricks. She's been doing this for donkey's years. She's been at Crufts for a dancing, but on Blue Peter, Richard and Judy uh, won, you know, loads of things. So... I know that there are not any problems with professional acts appearing, but to be honest with you, to try and pretend that this is... I'm not sure she did pretend, but I'm, it, it was, she didn't tell us this, this dog has been performing for donkey's years. She said, oh, it's, it's a rescue dog and all that. And I'm looking at this dog thinking, it's a trained dog. It's a trained dog. And uh, apparently uh, there's now this sort of uh, eruption with Jin, the other dog, who is a normal dog and hasn't done all these competitions... But I'm afraid uh, Tina Humphrey, really, she she got £10,000 when she won the When Will I Be Famous. She's got all these awards at Crufts. So it's it's a bit like putting, I don't know, somebody coming on like Placido Domingo and singing and then sticking on, I don't know, Paul Potts. And they go, well, Placido's so much better. They go, yeah, but he's a professional. And you go, so? The competition's open to anybody. And that's why I think... You need to you need to put in in the rules because they seem to bend them at every opportunity. So allowing that ghastly drummer to come back on without his even more ghastly family. So he'd already done the act, and then he goes, "Well, better off without the family." So he came back at the end of the program, did it again, and gets through. Whereas with the family, he didn't get through. Now that's called fiddling, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you're obviously making up the rules as you go along. And I'm not interested in seeing a performing dog who looked like he was about to mount his owner at one point, especially when she was walking across the stage and he puts his paws up on her back. I thought, whoa. We've heard about things like this. Thank you very much indeed. Anyway, uh, all of that, if you're, if you're coming back from holiday, I bet you're really pleased, really pleased. And um, I have to agree with the poor old man of Fleet Street, poor old Kelvin McKenzie, doing a cooking show. Oh, no, he's not anymore. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I have stopped watching Coach Trip, except for yesterday when they showed an old one, and it was they were all laughing and having fun and joking, and nobody was rude to people when they... It's the last one of the new series. Oh, hope they all fall off the edge of a cliff or something. That massive red. They're just vile people. They are, they're just horrid, aren't they? They're just the sort of people who think are vile. And as for that mother and son, I'm sorry to keep going on about them, but I've never heard anybody speak such filth to their mother in my life. The things they discuss are the things she comes up with. I mean, I'm surprised she hasn't been taken into care. She just, well, I know, but even, I mean, frankly, she just talks filth. My mother would never... Oh, I was going to remember thinking about it. Anyway, do you remember I told you a while ago, there was a lovely picture in the paper of uh, Michelle... I think it's Moan or Monet. Is it Monet, we think, uh, who's the boss of the lingerie business, Ultimo. And she was pictured, because she's very clever, attractive and successful, pictured with Shane Ritchie. Anyway, uh, however, writes Kelvin McKenzie, she has much to learn about being seen on the arm of somebody as famous as Shane Ritchie. Mm, I thought Shane Ritchie was famous, but not anymore. Mrs Monet, 38, a married mother of three, took part as Mr Ritchie in an ITV celebrity reality show in the North Pole called 71 Degrees North. 
OK, so they both take part in a reality show to be shown on the television. They spent a month together trekking 2,000 miles and often, according to the publicist, huddled together to keep warm. They haven't actually got a date for transmission for this piece of garbage. But anyway, the other night they held a reunion. And Mr Ritchie, who returns to EastEnders next month, and Mrs Monet were innocently full of hugs for each other. They then walked to a nearby karaoke bar in London, Soho, and were photographed arm in arm, which is the picture that appeared in the paper. And Kelvin McKenzie says, the photo, this is the interesting bit, led to Mr Ritchie, happily married, being forced to deny any suggestions of an affair. Mrs Monet took a much more po-face view and simply, through her spokesman, said she took her privacy very seriously. Kelvin McKenzie says, don't be ridiculous, madam. You're in a prime-time TV show. You're walking through the nation's party capital, arm-in-arm with one of Britain's most famous faces, and therefore you have sacrificed any privacy. Learn from Mr Ritchie. Smile and move on. Nobody knows who you are, love. You're stuck on a reality show and you came up with a bra. Big deal. Get over yourself. I think Kelvin kind of uh, hit the nail on the head with that one. What are these people going... My privacy. We had it the other day, didn't we, with the Roonies, who've milked every bit of publicity that they possibly can... No, and, and the and the Roonies had a picture of um, of little uh, Wayne um, Kai, Kai Kai Wayne. Sorry, K K K Wine, K Wine, K Wine. <laughs> Sounds like something out of Doctor Who. And there was a picture taken at the races at Aintree, and there was Mrs. Rooney holding the child, you know, out in a public place. And they then complained to the newspapers that this was a private visit. Who do you think you are, Colleen? You're only some old wag love who goes shopping and doesn't actually do anything and you go out with a baby. Big bloody deal. Privacy. God, get over yourself for God's sake. I'm a little bit angry, actually, at the people who were jailed for stealing a Nazi death camp sign have vanished from prison after being given compassionate leave because their mother was ill. The two brothers, known as uh, Lucas and uh, Radoslav, had weekend passes from their jail in Poland to spend time with their sick mother and then they just disappeared. I'm terribly sorry. I think if you go to prison, you kind of suspend anything like that. Shouldn't have, you know, don't uh, do not do the time if you haven't done the crime. Or don't do the crime if you don't want to do the time. Either way, it uh, makes a complete mockery, doesn't it? Uh, and once again, I, I do wish uh, Kate Garraway all the very best. Terrible pain last night. I've never had appendicitis, but I can imagine it must be absolutely awful. Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, nearly sick. Nearly sick. Oh, help yourself back. Another picture of Victoria Beckham, who seems to think she's a sex symbol. This time she's sitting on a stool with her legs straddling it. Oh, dear. You must grow up, Victoria. You look a bit silly at your age doing that. And what have they done? Have they stuck an old mop on your head? No, it's your hair. But there it is. And uh, inside the mag, she gives a detailed description of her perfect pair of denims. Sorry, this is, this is the woman whose father's an electrician... Uh, who, who is having to do an advert on the television, because she's obviously going to do something. And here she is, uh, a series of provocative shots for a glossy German Vogue May edition. The problem is when you see it in real life, you suddenly realise it's neither sexy nor interesting. LBC 97.1 Morning, everybody. Nice to be company, to have your company. Well, we've done that bit before and it's been used ages and ages ago. 28 minutes to 6, Thursday morning in London town. It's the 22nd, and you're going, where's Christmas? Answer just around the corner. Maria in Kent says, uh, you're such a breath of fresh air to wake up to. It's only because we're being honest. We're only saying what everybody else says. We never, we never sort of cheat on these kind of things. Apparently, thank you to Stephen Lisa. 
Hi, you two. Trust you. You're blimey, you're up early this morning. Uh, this link is a live webcam of the volcano. Fantastic. And this one shows you the planes in the air at the moment, which is on flightradar24.com. I've got an app. I've got an app. Look at me knowing what an app is on my phone. I've got very little maps, uh, sorry, apps on my phone, but the ones I have got, I do look at. I've got bird sounds, and inadvertently, I happen to plug in my old iPod Touch. Is it an iPod Touch? Yeah, the other day, and I've managed to cleverly erase all the music on it, so I've now got to put it back on again. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I don't know how it... I've got no idea what I'm doing half the time. I plug these things into the computer and it said, do you want to do it? And I click yes. And then sometimes I get panicky and click no. And then it just took all my music away. So I wasn't very happy at all. Weather for uh, today, I can tell you, warming up after a chilly start. Certainly chilly this morning. It's been chillier. Plenty of sunshine. 14... So I might undo an extra button and wear shorts. I might wear shorts. Woohoo! Actually, on second thoughts, not. Because I've got this image in my mind. I reckon Nathan Morley spends a lot of his time in shorts. And I reckon he looks a little bit like Don Estelle. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, I was thinking that's not, that. that's not a good way to start. It's not, it's not a good way to start. I, I wasn't planning on you being there just at the moment. Ah, right. Well, yeah. I'm, I, I'm listening in. Uh, right. the, 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 the being, compared, being compared to Don Estelle. Whispering as an introduction, as an introduction yeah. has to be possibly one of the worst put-downs in the history of radio. I know, I'm uh, so I'll sorry. get my coat. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Please, please. I mean, <laughs> forgive me. Forgive me. I mean, I, I can only humbly beg your forgiveness. But luckily, I only know Don Estelle from what my parents told me. Yes. So, He's dead now, and, of course. And, is he really? Yes, he Is died he years ago. He, he, was, he, he was actually... The, the, the sad thing was, he had a lovely singing voice, and he had uh, Whispering Grass. With, That's right. Um, Windsor Davis. With Windsor Davis, who lives in France now, with his oh, wife. Oh, well, don't blame him. And, um, and they had Whispering... And then after, after the, the show finished, which was It Ain't Half Hot, Mum, um, he, uh, he then was resorted to singing in shopping centres and stuff like that to try and sell his, his album. Well, well, at least he tried. At least yeah. he carried on trooping. Such a shame, isn't uh, it? We have a dreadful bloke who sings in Kingston. He can't sing for toffee. And he stands uh, outside Marks and Spencer's and he's just... Poor wandering one. And it's just dreadful. Do you drop a quid in? I certainly hat? do. I don't give to, to people like that, I'm afraid. No, no. I always do. Yeah. I always do, especially on the, on the subway, on the yeah, other That's why you've got I... no money, mates. Well, no, look, I, what little scraps of change I have, <laughs> or, or, or as is commonly known on the subways of London, spare change, uh, I, I toss into people's hats and oh. guitar holders and whatever. Oh. You, you'd be good in one of the countries we went to. I can't remember where it was, but all the little... In, in this particular country we went to, we, we get off the cruise ship, and uh, all of us, we're like a, a coach tour by ourselves, the whole family, mm. and we're going through it, and they've got lots of little boys playing accordions. Yes and, yes, and they're obviously gypsy boys, but the, the, the yeah. thing that they all have with them is a little dog with a little tin round his neck, and the dog wanders around to people and sits in front of you looking up at you, and the idea yeah. is you put money at then he moves on. It's a clever act. Well, yes, I mean, uh, with dog eyes and a gypsy boy and an accordion, you've got it made there, uh, and know? they probably yeah. uh, jump into a Mercedes as soon as they've finished the show yes. afterwards. yes. <laughs> but there were loads of them, literally. Every street corner, there's another little boy with another dog with a little tin yeah. round its neck. I've never seen like it. I'm sorry yeah. that you couldn't go to, uh, to Vienna. Well, there you go. You know, it has been a bonkers, bonkers week. Yeah. <laughs> it really has. I know that uh, it's been pretty bad in the UK, but, but we've had some of your refugees here. Uh, who are... They're, they're, they're tourists, well. Nathan. They're tourists. Sorry, you're tourists yes. here, because, of course, the problem with, with our little uh, outpost is that 
once you're on it and the airport's closed, you can't, can't get off it. it. I know, you're stuck. And we don't have ferry services. You could have made a raft, though, like Robinson Crusoe, couldn't you? Well, I was coming up with a few plans. I was thinking, you know, how you could get off Cyprus. And, and at the end of sitting in front of my computer trying to work out a way, I thought, I'll... Uh, oh, this is just too complicated. You just have to stay. Yeah. You've got to stay. You could tie so, some oil uh, cans together. When we were young, we used to play on the farm, and we used to have six oil cans all tied together and then planks on the top. Mm. And we all thought we were Swiss Family Robinson. Well, you're more than welcome to get some oil drums and uh, float <laughs> in the Mediterranean. <laughs> One of the great myths about the Mediterranean <laughs> is that it's... Uh, uh, it's quite a calm sea. That's not true. No. And I, I was worried. <laughs> if ever I was floating out in the ocean, I'd be worried about things coming up from underneath. You get sharks here. Anything you get like jellyfish. that. Yeah, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. Or a great white coming up and, you know, swallowing the whole... And great whites. Yeah. yeah but, but it is... But the choppy, horrible waters out there in the Mediterranean. No. And uh, especially off the coast of Israel, the jellyfish are huge. Oof. And they, they give a very nasty, nasty sting. Mm. You've, uh, we've had a lot of, especially the past few years, a lot of shark spottings. And the fishermen sometimes bring in big sharks. Um, oh. But uh, when I go snorkelling, I haven't been for a while. Uh, I think Sorry, I mentioned let's before. Just, just hold that image just for a second. Nathan <laughs> snorkelling. <laughs> OK, great. And, and to oh, take yeah. you under the water, you have bricks on your back, do you, or something like that? I float. <laughs> yes, exactly, that's what I'm worried about. Does your wife have to stand on your back and, to get you under the and, water? And we have a special crane which pulls my feet down. <laughs> 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 but I, I saw that, I think I mentioned actually at the time, I was so excited when I was <laughs> snorkelling by Cape Greco, a little turtle came up to me and oh. looked at me and then swam off again. <laughs> and he probably thought I was a beached boat or something. Yes, or. <laughs> exactly. At the very least. <laughs> but it was... Uh, no, I wouldn't... I, I spent uh, time in the Mediterranean as well on a ship, and uh, I just remember one of, before I got there, thinking, Mediterranean holidays, cruises, lovely, no problem. Mm. I've never been so ill in my life. No. I mean, on a, when, when the swell gets going, in the winter time especially, and my house is right on the coast, I mean, I'm, I think about 100 metres from the sea, uh, on a windy day here, I think the roof's going to come off. Yeah. Really, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's not very trouble. pleasant. Can you actually feel the, feel the spray sometimes? Uh, I'm not that so close, but, but we can certainly smell, uh, we smell the salt from the yes, sea. Yeah. And as I get close in, you know, if I walk across the road, then you can feel the, the, the moisture in the air and the mm. spray, yeah. But, I uh, remember years ago when I used to, when we were in Hong Kong and we were, I was swimming there and I'd forgotten how salty the sea was. You'd always end up with a mouthful of seawater. Mm. Now it just looks dirty. Yeah, yeah. We were lucky, actually, here, because the sea is beautiful. It yeah. really is. Uh, but I don't go in it anymore. And that's actually for yes, reasons... That's actually a court order, isn't it? Well, yes, I'm not allowed <laughs> after the last two incidents. I'm, I've been told, you know, that I'm being monitored. So um, I have a ring around my leg. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, no, I only swim now. I only go in the swimming pool now. And the, and the reason is because when I when I do go swimming in the sea, I just cannot be bothered with because the Mediterranean is very salty. You, yeah. you know, with the, the if the beach doesn't have a shower on it, and then you have to come straight home, and you're encrusted with salt. Oh, I can't stand it. No, it's horrid. Uh, no, uh, Noreen uh, says that's for, uh, that's for young folk. Yes, no, no, Noreen sent me an email. Swimming saying that people like the live appearance of Mr. Chaz <laughs> barking last week. <coughs> oh, there we go. We're going to suffer with this one now. It's him barking again. So everybody like Mr. Chaz barking. Hello? Oh, he's gone. We've lost him. I thought it was odd when I spoke and he couldn't hear. We'll, we'll, we'll get him back again, actually. 
Because, uh, and inter- incidentally, do you know, I thought, Noreen, when they did this thing about uh, three in a bed, Channel 4, three owners of B&Bs went to each other's. One was number one Blackpool, which is where I stayed. I thought I recognised the front door. I thought I, re- I looked at the front, that's where I stayed, at number one Blackpool. It's not cheap, about 70 quid a night. I, I paid for the other person. So it was, I was paying for both. <laughs> and it's really nice. They've got three rooms. It was really good, actually. It's like staying in somebody's house. Well, it is somebody's house. A lot better than saying some of those naff places up there. They had to mark each other. We went to Hitchin, says Noreen. They have a 90p shop. <laughs> Gets better. I'm just looking forward to the 50p shop. Working on this subject, we had a pound shop, 99p. Now the 90p shop. The next one's got to be 50p, isn't it? Got to be 50p. So, uh, so as I was saying, Nathan, people like the live appearance of Mr Chaz Barking last week. Yes, they did. Yeah. He s- seems to have proved very popular. And I, yeah, right. I, uh, I think that he does have a... Radio career, Um, certainly. uh, He he could do well in broadcasting. Certainly. Um, The problem is, though, he's he's very high maintenance. You need to watch Britain's Got Talent. They have a performing dog on there. (laughs) And they've got some animals, too. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could... I I, I mean, that's the kind of tit I am. I would enter a show like that with (laughs) you. You would. And he would just sit there, wouldn't he? He wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't do anything. And I'd stand there wearing my Donastel shorts, <laughs> looking like a prize banana. And the thing is, people would probably vote for it. Yes. That's well, he used to be a guy they... years ago on the musicals, and he was the amazing... He was Eddie... Somebody, somebody will tell me. And he had a dog. He said, this dog, he's marvellous. You watch him, he'll whiz around the stage. And he said, and he'll jump through the hoop. And the dog sat there and just stared at him. He said, any minute now? He said, he's gearing himself up for it. He said, here we go. Look, you watch him, he's like a coiled spring. He said, he's all ready to go. And the dog just, and then the dog lay down. And he went, he's, yeah. he's really thinking about this. He said, he's, he's, he's going for it in a big way. He's won medals oh, this- for this. <laughs> Yeah, this sounds this sounds like what he would do to me. Uh, he performs when I don't want him to. You know, he does his little uh, mm. rollovers and all of the, all of these cute things. And, and when I I do want him to do something or <clears throat> impress people with him, say, look mm. how good my dog is. You know, he'll. I mean, once I was walking him because we're very close. You see, Chaz and I, we're you know a little yeah. team. Yeah. Well, and and I was talking to a neighbour and he peed on my Wellington boot oh. as I as I was standing. There. I think you can do that if you're sort of mates, can't you? You can't. Well, what yeah. he was trying to say to the neighbour is, don't get too close to my dad because he's mine. They're just to yeah. re- you know, to refer me. He had a pee on me. Exactly. He did it to his mother as well once. Oh, sort of marking territory. Yeah, my yeah. Auntie we, Enid we... does it. <laughs> For slightly different reasons. Did she do that well, on you? Uh? Oh, well, just anywhere, really. Matron, the nurses, whoever's within earshot. No, Amanda was just very sweet there, because uh, as I was cut off, she said, uh, you coughed and then there was dead air. And, and uh, you, she said, do you know, if you, if you had died, you would have made the six o'clock news <laughs> and, on, on LBC. And I can just imagine it, once you've done, I don't know, the, the weather. And finally... Yes. I finally, you know, correspondent in Cyprus, Nathan Morley died on LBC this morning, and then, you know, you laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would think it'd be rather funny, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I can just imagine the, 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 um, it fills me with horror to die. I mean, I die on this show every week. I, I mean, know. imagine actually dying on it. <laughs> <laughs> actually, well, the, well, you don't know, do you? I mean, if, if somebody coughs and the line goes dead, we've got no idea what's happened the other end. No, I know, the drama of it all. The drama of it all. Can I just go back briefly to this this, uh, volcano which upset your going to Vienna? Have you been to Vienna Mm. before? 
Um, I've, I've been to Austria before, but actually I've never done the big wheel and, and, and you know, actually spent time in Vienna. I've, I've passed through it. Yeah, boring. So I've always boring wanted to. Boring as hell. Don't even go there. Waste of time. Oh, no, no, I'm very keen on this, but now I'm, I'm jiggling my dates to try and... Because uh, I was meant to be flying at 2 o'clock today, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and my wife was stuck in um, Stockholm, mm. uh, and she came back, and I don't think I'll say that she came back on one of the first test flights with only <laughs> well, seven people on a Boeing. to the rudder or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how this, this all came about, but there's her on a Boeing 737 with seven passengers and a technician. Uh, no, thank you. I would not be on any test flight. I'm no, sorry. I wouldn't. But, uh, just but to, to be honest with you, it, th- th- there's not a lot in Vienna. You, you go to the Prater, you go on the Reason Rad, you go round. It's, it's not as good as our one in London. It has no, to be said. No, There'll be a pavement no. artist there. There's about three of them. And they draw the same picture. And you go, that's really good. But they do the same pictures every day and have done for the last 300 years. Because the only but thing about Vienna the... that doesn't change is Vienna. I want to do the Harry Lyme tour. I want to go oh, right. down into the sewers and yeah. uh, and into that beautiful park, you know, where there were, Anton Carres was playing the zither theme. Don't, 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 don't. I want to do all that. I was a great fan of of uh, that that picture, and yeah. uh, uh, so, so I suppose it's just one of those uh, nerdy things. You, you you know, you have a kind of mental list of places you want to explore. It's like when I was in Berlin a few weeks, a few months ago now. Uh, I, I was visiting all of these places, uh, which weren't necessarily on the tourist map, but I, I, I wanted to see. <laughs> He's wandered off again. Listen, I have to go, because we've, we've got uh, all sorts. We've got leaders' debates taking place, and there's people flying into yes, the Yes, I airport. know, and, and here's me hogging up your airwaves. No, seriously, listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you as you croak your last. It's, uh... <laughs> uh, thank you, yes, <laughs> and uh, wish be you kind well. in my obituary. It's, uh, listen, <laughs> uh, would I ever... And Anthony <laughs> Davis asked me to do his eulogy this morning. Really? Yeah, and now you're talking about it. I'm getting a bit worried about this because I'll I'll probably be first to go. I could see your show being extended very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Have a nice week. All right, Bye-bye. be good. There goes right. our Nathan Morley in Cyprus. Bless his heart. Thirteen, fourteen minutes to six. These are the headlines as stranded British travellers continue to arrive back in the UK. Budget airline Ryanair is insisting it'll defy EU compensation rules and only reimburse, reimburse passengers the original price of their ticket. Police are questioning a third man about the murder of a 16-year-old girl who was shot at a takeaway in Hoxton last week. And Manchester United have been ranked as football's most valuable team for the sixth year running by the US business magazine Forbes. Let's have a check on the roads this morning. Get there nice and quickly with the help of the travel team and Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Northbound on the A12. Morning, everybody. Uh, so Nick's on the battle bus tomorrow. James Wales in Bristol tonight with a big debate, and Petra will be talking about it as well. And I, I was listening to the news yesterday, and the story came up, and I got quite angry again. I'm sorry, I've, I've become a little bit short-tempered of late. When uh, out goes uh, David Cameron, and he goes to a college... And some piece of pond life throws an egg at him. I'm thinking, he's not the Prime Minister. You don't even know who he is. And who is this thicko? 16-year-old Tyler. Tyler Dixon. Tyler Dixon's going to be a bricklayer. Tyler Dixon uh, was uh, taken in by the police. But then no charge was made because no damage was caused and no complaint was made. As far as I'm concerned, a sad, rather stupid little child who, if I'd had my way... He'd have been in prison so fast. A month, matey. A month. We do not accept this kind of behaviour. I mean, are you just stupid? Are you just a little bit thick? Are you a bit simple? 
What is between your ears apart from emptiness? Stupid little child. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he goes down as part of the uh, of campaigning David Cameron. He doesn't, you know, he's just doing the same as they all do when they go out. We had it with Prescott. Prescott, of course, lashed out at this bloke. I'd have punched him in the face. Sick to death of it. And then you get a silly little 16-year-old who probably thinks he's all big and clever. I'd, in, in court this afternoon, OK, you find a £1,000. What do you mean you can't pay? You go to prison for a month then. You know, we've got to stamp it out, because small wonder there's no deterrent for anybody. Every time I open up the paper, we're either releasing paedophiles because it's an infringement of their civil liberties or their human rights, and one of them was 11 when he raped this girl, and, uh, and now it turns out that all these other people are going to come out and have their convictions overturned, so they're not on the sexual offenders register. You know, and all because the government have become so weak and the courts are so overcrowded. They just went, oh, no, no, we're not going to bother doing anything with you. And there's no deterrent. You can rape people in this country. You can kill people. Mothers can shake children to death and they go to prison for 13 months. Fantastic, isn't it? That's the only country where murder is practically legalised now. You can get away with just about anything. Drive me crackers. Absolutely crackers. There seems to be nothing that, you know, that, that warrants going to prison for any length of time. You know, even battering people to death nowadays, they get, well, you know, it's been awful, hasn't it, for you? You've had a dreadful childhood. Dreadful childhood. And I'm thinking, I mean, the, 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 there's, there's one case here. I won't go into it, because, but it's a silly case of uh, a woman who lives next door to another woman, and she decides to go and rob her, so she puts on a mask and goes next door and tries to rob her, and the other woman goes, I know who you are, you're my next-door neighbour. And this woman goes, no, I'm not. She puts on a funny voice. And then pushes her down the stairs. I mean, there's no deterrent. I'm, not, I'm probably sounding a little bit draconian today. But, uh, what well, I know. Victoria Beckham, airbrushed or what? We know she's got skinny... Le- look at this. These, this is all airbrushing. They've tried to make her look as though she's got a body and trying to make her look sexy. I don't, it's just, I mean, 36 years old. It's, it's not a good look, is it, for a mother? I'm sure your children will be delighted, though, Vic. Sure they will. Oof, dear me. Anyway, more, more pictures of this uh, silly, little, silly little hoodie... A rather silly little child. You know, I'd have, I'd have chucked him in prison for a month. Ponder on it in, in prison, OK? Let's not waste our time. Years and years ago, he'd have been on the ducking stool. With a bit of light, might have drowned. Because I'm sick to death of this going on. Because what it doesn't do is send out a message to anybody that there is a deterrent. I felt sorry for Mr Cameron. I mean, it's just... It's a silly... It's, it's, it's done to... I mean, he's the sort of person you watch years' time, he'll be on the Jeremy Kyle show. They'll be making a celebrity out of it. He'll be on his own celebrity show. Silly people. Silly people. Uh, stores are ready for a rush this morning as the first 3D televisions go on sale. Not from me. I've no interest in a 3D television. Thank you very much. Not at well, not as far as I know. <laughs> I don't re- no, I don't want a 3D television. I, I, I definitely don't want a 3D television. Uh, other stories of the paper today. Um, a teacher's widow is suing her late husband's school after he died of cancer brought on by asbestos in the classroom. And there's another woman in the paper today. I mean, it's non-stop silly cases. Every time I open up the paper, there's there's another silly case. This is a woman who's who's accused of allegedly taking money from her son because he got it when his legs were blown off in Afghanistan. And she's alleged to have taken some money from him. And you think, has the world gone mad? Has the world gone completely balmy at the moment? Harry Potter's pal Ron is uh, apparently doing a raunchy film. He says, my first sex scene was tough, but it was worse seeing it with my parents. <gasps> I used to cringe. If anything like that came on the television, my parents were in the room, I should look at the floor and pretend I didn't know what was going on. 
Just dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful. Uh, now, why did I turn this over? Why did I turn this over? Oh, yes, they're, they're now saying... Brian Reed is saying in the mirror today, who, who's, who's more annoying, John Barrowman or Dan Snow? And he says, now Dan Snow has become quite irritating. Never mind, Dan, you've done your best, Popsy. But, uh, but, uh, but not, not good. Um, memo to the Vatican press office. Read the poignant photo of the Pope praying for the victims of sex abuse at St Paul's Grotto in Malta. In Britain, a grotto is a place where men in weird uniforms are trusted to put kids on their knees and offer them treats. I think over abroad they have different, you know, grotto is like, you know, the sea. We used to look for them on, on when we used to go down to the uh, the beach at Brighton. We would, we'd climb up cliffs to go into little, until we realised there were sewage outlets. My God, we got out of there pretty quickly. Very quickly. And there was a bloke here, uh, Alan Derrick, is, is a former bin man who has learning difficulties, and he shared his house with, uh, with Dennis Pring. Uh, Dennis Pring um, was his friend. You know, friend. You know, not, not in the biblical. They were just friends. Anyway, when Mr Pring died, he, uh, he didn't say anything because he feared that if he told the authorities that the person he shared the house with or the, the council flat with was dead, they'd kick him out. Ten years the body stayed behind the settee. Ten years until the neighbours started complaining about the smell and they called in the police and then they went there. He'd had his, his friend's corpse for ten years stuck behind the settee because he didn't want... Isn't that a horrible story? I mean, because he, he didn't want to be evicted. Well, I can only tell you that after a year it would be in a dreadful state. After ten years, mummification must have set in, I would have thought. But the council went there twice and never noticed. <gasps> no big surprise there, is there, to anybody? I see Paul Cooper back on his uh, stall the other day, selling his fruit and veg. He's had this flu. Everybody's getting this flu and people are coughing and wheezing and sneezing all over the place. And he said to me the other week, he said, I, I, I don't feel ill, he said, I just feel a bit, bit shivery. I said, you're going to get this cold. You're going to get it. Everybody's got, Paul Nathan's got the cough. The cough is the worst thing. It's everybody's sort of wheezing and coughing and all over the place. I did it myself in the car this morning. I'm, I'm constantly doing it. I don't know why. I get to a certain point in the journey, I think, I'm going to sneeze. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sneeze. So you sort of... I've, I've got this trick of rubbing the side of my nose, thinking it works, and it makes me not sneeze. It doesn't. It has a completely adverse effect. I've been doing it for years. I don't know why I think if I rub my nose, I'm not going to sneeze. I'm still doing it, and I still sneeze. You'd think I'd have learnt my lesson by now. Don't rub your nose, you won't sneeze. So I do a <clears throat> like that. And it's always just the time you can't get your hanky out quick enough, you know, and you spray the back of the driver's head. It's the best I can manage in the morning. Um. I see Madeleine McCann's parents will be interviewed by Lorraine Kelly as the third anniversary of her disappearance nears. I can't help feeling... I mean, I've, I know it's dreadfully sad, and we've said it a million times. I don't know what you do in that situation, but I don't think going back on television is solving anything. People can't remember last Thursday. They certainly can't remember three years ago. You know, they go, would you recognise this... Ch-? Wouldn't have the faintest idea. So we're going to have to look at distraught parents on the television again. And I, ju- I just don't... I don't think it sort of solves anything. I think it's tragic. I don't know what they're, what they're supposed to do. Oh, look, Colleen Nolan... Why I'm proud my mate Beverly has spoken out. I did go through the book, Colleen. I didn't find your name mentioned, actually, in Beverly Callard's book. I mean, is it in there under... Are you under, under a different name, maybe? Are you under, you know, something else? We know that um, Denise Welsh and Tim are mentioned, but I was trying to find a mention for you, love, because I can't watch you on Loose Women anymore. Ever since you told us that every time you laughed, it was fake. You said since you've been doing the programme, you've been doing false laughing. And now I look at you and I think, I think the whole thing you do is false. I'm afraid I just can't uh, can't trust you. Least talented out of the Nolans. And we never found anybody who went to see them in concert. We couldn't find anybody. To, we were desperate to find somebody. Any, nobody would admit to it. 
People wouldn't admit to going to see the Nolans. I could, yeah, text in if you went to see the Nolans, because most people say, oh, I can't tell you. Still. Did you go see the Nolans? I can't tell you. Did you go sit? No. It's, you know, you could be anonymous. I can, I can disguise your name. Not. Uh, Dawn, thank you very much indeed for the information about Rick Wakeman and the Six Wives of Henry VIII, which she went to see because she won a competition at Hampton Court. It's out, but the strange thing is, the DVD, and I bought it from Amazon, it's an NTSC DVD. And I'm not sure if I can... I think I can play um, NTSC DVDs, but I'm, I'm going to go for it. Oh, we will talk to Roger Foss in the next part of the programme. Well, thank you for that. And she said, I, I think I've got it slightly wrong, re-Sky News in HD from today. The leaders' debate on Sky News tonight is going to be shown in HD, and the whole channel will be broadcast in HD sometimes in the near future. So uh, I think I think WB is the latest thing coming in on uh, GMTV, isn't it? WB is going to be the most popular one. That'll be programmes without Ben, as uh, he's now quit, and it'll be more with A. Although he'll be watching, God alone knows. We all make good decisions and bad decisions. Morning, team. Don't forget, text or email if you manage to make it home. Well, you're probably too exhausted this morning. You're going your series, after all. We spent all night travelling, Steve. Nice to be comfy, though, anyway. Wherever you are this morning... It's LBC 97.3. We'll talk to Roger Foss very shortly, who's been to see uh, an all-male Pirates of Penzance at Wilton's Music Hall. And uh, Wilton's are doing something special. Now, you know, we, we're, we're big campaigners for keeping Wilton's alive. It's an old, original music hall, and it's falling apart, and it needs help. So what they're doing on Sunday, the marathon runs straight past Ensign Street, where Grace's Alley turns off for Wilton's. So they're going to open the doors of the music hall for anyone who's in the area to watch the runners go by. And they're also doing a guided tour of the building at 12.30 for a fiver to raise money. It's, it's worth it. If you've never been inside an old music hall, what, what, your, what your grandparents used to go and see. A lot of people up on stage. It was really good. OK, go down to Wilton's. And we'll, we'll talk to Roger in about uh, five, six minutes' time. There's a, yeah, I th- well, I thought we'd talk to him, you know, if you feel like it. Depends whether she remembers or not, I suppose. Uh, James Whale is in Bristol. Second of the UK leadership debates is taking place. He'll be joined by Tom Cheel, our political correspondent. Seven o'clock, Petri will be previewing the second UK leadership debate, which you can hear live on LBC 97.3. And uh, she'll be back afterwards for you to have your say. And tomorrow, Nick's got the battle bus down in Barking. So if you're down in Barking, you can go and see uh, go and see Nick. Some of the other stories of the papers which really got on my nerves today. There was one, a boyfriend... Uh, of a girl, he, he phones her and he can't get through to his, his girlfriend. So he lashes out and stabs a complete stranger to death because he can't get through to his girlfriend. Finally, we've sent him to prison for 22 years. Hopefully, the, the recommendation is that he stays there as long as possible. Apparently, he, take, he, he, he said on the night of the, uh, the killing that he uh, had taken his bipolar disorder medication and admitted he had been involved in the row. He says he remembers a man staring at him. Do you know, it, it, just gets, it just gets worse and worse. There's another story in the paper today of a former head teacher who was sitting in a, a restaurant with three, two other heads and this bloke comes in and says, you beat me when I was a child at school. You know, because most kids got the cane. You got the cane if you misbehaved. He said, I've waited 22 years for this and beat him up. Luckily, he's been sent to prison. And the headmaster, who's a Christian, said... I forgive him. I mean, think there's a, there's a bit too much forgiving people. Over in France, of course, they're having nothing to do with the burqa at all. They've now voted that they're going to uh, get rid of it. They say it's, uh, it's, it's a disgrace to women. You do not need to wear it at all. There's nowhere. And over there, it does look quite frightening. If children have never seen it before, it does look like a giant penguin walking towards you. And they've said, we're not having it. 
and Belgium are going to vote on it in exactly the same way. I always remember that famous picture here up in, forget where it was, of two women in burkas doing the V sign. Do you remember to the camera? We've had a lot of that going on. And then we had somebody who skipped the country wearing a burka because they thought it was a woman underneath. It turned out not to be. It turned out to be somebody else. Uh, ITV are going to sign Gary Lineker's wife, Danielle, to front its World Cup coverage. What? It means BBC's Match of the Day host Gary will face competition as a half. Bosses at GMTV want sexy lingerie model Danielle, who I told you walked up on stage at the Trick Awards to the sound of her own feet. Even the audience there weren't remotely interested in this woman here. They want her to add glamour to their programmes from South Africa. Can we have somebody who can string two words together, please? I'm not interested in glamour. Can you imagine if everybody at LBC was picked for their glamour? Well, it is true, I would be here still. But, you know, can you imagine? I mean, people like James Max would be booking in for surgery straight away. Jenny Barnett would be out. You know, it'd be We'd only have glamorous people like Petrian and Jenny and myself here. Everybody else would be going down. Steve, can we, you know, can you give us your tips for being more attractive? No, I can't. You know, as for old Brian, I mean, he'd, he'd have to start shopping in proper shops. Not going round the charity shops, seeing if somebody else's clothes will fit him. I don't want that kind of thing. But, I mean, what's the, I just cannot understand television madness, where they pick somebody because of the way they look. She's got no interest in football whatsoever, knows nothing about it, but they've picked her because she's going to add glamour to the programme. I'd rather have somebody who knew what they were talking about, thank you very much indeed. What's the point of wasting money on Adrian Charles? We're going to put Danielle in there, for God's sake. God, blimey, it's absolute rubbish. It really... I'm not surprised I get angry. I'm not surprised. I go, uh, my little heart is racing. Oh, lovely, here she is. They're trying to repackage Kerry Katona. So she went out the other day. She's left Cheshire. Well, actually, Cheshire wanted to leave her some time ago. And uh, she's moved into a rented uh, property. They've called it a luxury property. For that, read, it's got a roof, OK? <laughs> Nowadays, that's a, and it's being done up for it. In other words, they're moving in her naff furniture, including an all-singing, all-dancing Father Christmas, which is a bit sad. And, uh, she's going, and she went out to a, a party the other night in town, and, and they've said, you know, she, she, she's going to be a regular on the party scene. Well, she's certainly not working, so I think that would be the best place for her. She's moved down uh, here, because she's bankrupt, as you know, and, uh, and, th- and they're trying to sell her as a new slimline Kerry. Unfortunately, it's still the same old foul-mouthed woman inside the body. You know, exterior might look slightly different. Inside, the weight will go on, she'll, she'll lapse, she'll go back on the booze, we'll go back on that, and we're back where we started. Because, to be honest with you, she was never any interest to anybody when she was sober. Not that I remember those days, but I'm sure they must have been within my lifetime. And she was of no interest. The whole idea was she was always, oh, look, poor old soul. Nobody ever bothers, do they? So it's no good trying to sell her as something interesting. It, it really is. It just doesn't do it for me. Uh, Charlotte uh, Church's fellow Gavin, Gavin, has been slated over the years for letting her boss him around. Well, he is a bit of a wuss, isn't he? I mean, you know, he's, he's sort of a rugby player, but just not all the time. And he does spend a lot of time doing his hair. In fact, he's camper than she is, to be honest with you. you, you sort of, but then some people like that, don't they? They seem to have survived. And they're going to get married, so that's good news, isn't it? There's obviously a lucrative deal in the, in the pipeline. And, uh, and there's... Oh, dear, there's another hooker. And, and this is an underage one who had sex with a string of football superstars. Can somebody explain to me why football superstars want to sleep with hookers all the time? I mean, are they stupid? I mean, I, I mean this one you'd only have to look at to realise you wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. It's, it's got the word, I'm for rent, you know, tattooed on its forehead. £1,500 a time. You'd think, you're a famous footballer, 
OK? Here is somebody who's a prostitute. What do prostitutes do? They have sex with anybody. They're not fussy. They'll sleep with anybody. You've got the money. Come on. And then they sell the story afterwards, because that's what they do. They're low rent. Although this one, £1,500 a time. They all say £1,500 a time, in which case they should be multimillionaires. Most of them are either feeding a drug habit, or they're washed up by the time they're, I don't know, 20 now, and then they have to go lap dancing. And the only reason they go lap dancing is because most of the clubs are pitch dark, and you can't exactly see that the thing that's dragging itself around the pole is about 90. Quarter past six. <laughs> News headlines this morning, Sam Pittis. Good morning, Steve, as hundreds more travellers arrive home. Why is it every picture of David Beckham's got him wearing a tea cosy on his head? I mean, it just is ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, and well done to uh, headmistress Kay Lindley. She wanted to lose weight. She needed to lose a serious amount of weight. And she can't go jogging, she can't do exercise, because most of us, you know, we're not just not good at running or any, anything like that at all. So she had an imaginary gastric band fitted. She saw this advert from this uh, company offering mind-band treatment. So what they do is they convince you that you've had the band fitted. She lost seven stone. Of course, the, the danger is, you know, you'd lose it, but most people put it back on again, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, you could win the grumpy old hit award. You're always moaning, says Maria. I know, but always accurate. I think you find always right. You know, if you disagree about paedophiles being let free, then fine. I d- actually, the other thing I watched on the television this morning was a load of women in the poker championships... And I'm assuming they must have played outside in brilliant sunshine because they're all wearing sunglasses. They've been better off sitting there in burkas. You know, if the whole idea is that your eyes betray the cards that you've got. All these women are sitting there with sunglasses on around a, a poker table. I thought, well, that's kind of cheating, isn't it? Why do you take them off? Let's see if we can read your eyes. You're lying. You know, make it more interesting. Uh, Peter Andre Steve was on Sky News telling us about being stuck in Dubai and how he's missing Harvey. Probably also missing Kerry Katona. Probably also missing the fact that he's not touring. Probably also missing the fact... Can somebody please do me a favour and not tell Jordan the flights are back on, OK? Can so- just keep it... Shh, shh, shh. Anyway, joining us now, our man in the in the front row of the three and sixpennies, it's Roger Foss. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. The three and sixpennies. How old am I? <laughs> oh, I know. I thought it was the three and nines, actually. Well, I, I, I downgraded you, I'm afraid. Seat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I decided not to let you sit in the posh seats. Oh, Oh dear. Yes, we're in our pre-decimal phase yes. here. I have to ask you first of all, because it's, I'm, it's, I don't know if it's opened yet over the road, um, David Essex in all the fun of the fair. Are we, are oh. we previewing yet? or? Yes, yeah, previewing at the moment, and uh, I'm going to see it next Wednesday, so right. we'll be able to chat about it next week. Yeah. yeah, interesting. All the fun of the fair with all those David Essex hits and David Essex in it as well. So it's all dodgems and roller coasters and uh, um, what are the sort of silver dream machine and uh, you're going to make going to make you a star and rock oh, on and all, all the yeah, <laughs> yeah David Essex it'd be David great Essex. David Essex with short hair <laughs> short grey hair I right? think short white short hair, hair. yes I know when I first saw him with his new hairdo that was a year or so ago mm. is it the same bloke. <laughs> yes, it's, mind you, that, that's the ageing. I mean, we haven't seen you for a while, but I should imagine by now. Have, have you still kept the perm or not? Oh, yeah, well, having, <laughs> since having seen hair, I've gone back to my hippie phase. <laughs> so, yes, no, it's all dangling down, all down past my shoulders. OK, moving on, let's go off to uh, <laughs> Wilton's Music Hall, where you went to see the Pirates of Penzance. Yes. An all-male version. An all-male version of the Pirates of Benzance. Now, this production had been on at a little uni- the Little Union Theatre in South London, and I missed it. And everyone raved about it, and I thought, well, the Pirates of Benzance, Gilbert and Sullivan, an all-male production, it- it's going to be 
either over the top and camp, or it will be a, it'll be more like HMS Pinafore, or not so much Gilbert and Sullivan as Gilbert and George. I didn't think it was going to work at all. And you know, for the first couple of minutes, I still didn't think that. I sat there at Wilton's, of course, looking at the place itself, and you think how fantastic it all is. Mm. And, uh, and and all the pirates come on, and I thought, oh yes, but as soon as all the all the all the all these Cornish maidens arrive on, all played by blokes, of course, it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I just I, it, it was like Gilbert and Sullivan to me has never really meant very much. I I, I suppose because I was brought up when in that period when my dad used to like it, and uh, I think for years and years the Doily Cart Opera held the copyright or something but they always used to do replicas of the original productions almost and the original savoy opera so it all seemed a bit crusty to me but i suppose ever since then we've had shows like the hot mikado haven't we and uh, and it's been beefed up a bit and now it's not exactly camped up but it's certainly extremely well done and i got all the jokes I, I usually at your age <laughs> yes i've got all the jokes it's very funny it's delightful and of course there's a moment when frederick the young guy and it sings oh is there not one maiden breast it's one of the songs <laughs> i thought frederick no there isn't there no, there what is was the big song from breast. pirates oh there's i am the very model of That's a modern right. major general Yes. I have information, vegetable, animal and mineral. I know the King of England, I quote the facts historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. I'm very very well acquainted uh, too. Go on. I'm very well acquainted with both matters mathematical. Yeah. I understand equations both something and quadratic, simple and quadratical. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then there was something about hypotenuse and a lot of Uh, news or something. Teeming with a lot of news, that's right. Um, Yes, yes, the square of the hypotenuse. Many cheerful facts. Yeah, it's good stuff. I love it. <laughs> and the other one um, is uh, a policeman's not is not. Uh, let me say it again. <laughs> yeah, don't overexcite yourself. <laughs> a policeman's lot is not a happy is not one. A happy one. Happy, happy one. one. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da, yeah. Oh, lovely. Yes, absolutely hilarious. Brilliantly done. Oh, good. And a great cast. And I, I well, this has got to be a hit. It's got to be a hit. It's got to be packed every night because. It, it's one of those shows that really lifts you, and everyone goes out on a high, and mm. uh, and and you just you just think, well, I didn't think they were going to pull this off, but they really did. So there's the Jolly Roger flying high over Wilton's Music Hall at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you said, the place is open on Sunday, so if anyone's around that way, it's well worth popping in. And I think if I've got time, I might try and go and see this go on this little guided tour just to go backstage maybe and just have a little bit more detail about the history of the place because yes. it's interesting really i was just looking up that when when um, pirates of penzance opened in london in 1879 <laughs> wilton's musical had already been open for 20 years mm. and in fact that was the 20 years of its life as a musical after that it right up until the 1950s it, it was run by the Methodist Mission in the East End, <laughs> and then it became a rag warehouse. So we've got the Methodist Mission and the rag wa- warehouse owner um, to thank for keeping this place, more or less as it was back in the 1850s. Could have been pulled down. So many places now get pulled down. They go, oh, sorry about that. Well, they were, weren't they? And they were all pulled down around it as well, all the development mm. that went on around there. And, the, of course, you know, the, the Luftwaffe knocked uh, the East End to six anyway, yes, didn't it? Yes, so, and, yes. it, and, it and it's really a mate amazing survival i thought well you go along and see the show 
but you also go along and see the place itself. So it's it's a double whammy, really. Good, um, good. So, yeah. so thumbs up, then? Thumbs up, yes. And tonight I'm off to see Anita Harris in Stepping Out at Richmond. Oh, lovely. Give him a love if you, if you get a chance to bump into I will. Him. It's the national tour. Well, another national tour of Stepping Out, but with Anita Harris and Brian Capron. Oh, excellent. Oh, I both know. been guests on In Conversation. Oh, have they? Yes, both oh, guests, yes. Oh, that's good. Oh, well, there you are. Well, I'll say hello, then. Yes, do please. I saw Anita the last time, I think, was at the, uh, the Water Rats do, when I was with Graham Cole and his lovely family. Oh, marvellous. I'm yeah, going well, to the Lady Rattlings thing, which is coming up. Is it? Is that yes. soon? It's, an, it's, it's, it's a lunchtime do. Oh, dear. I bet that's hilarious. Exactly. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to drink at lunchtime. <laughs> oh, sure yes. You can, you can have a sweet sherry with the Lady <laughs> Rattlings. <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, sweet sherry sounds quite appealing, even at this time of the morning. So, so <laughs> just going back, big, big thumbs up for Pirates of Penzant at Wilton's. Yes, absolutely. How long is it on for, do we know? Oh, um... No, I don't, actually. It's on mm. until... Oh, dear. Uh, 16th of May. OK. On to the 16th of May, so plenty of time to catch up. Excellent. Go down there, support them, and, uh, and just think you're in a piece, of, a piece of history. And you can sit in the three and nines. Sit <laughs> in the three, no, the three and sixpennies. <laughs> <laughs> You'll love it. Listen, nice to talk to you as always. And you, Steve, and we'll talk about all the fun of the fair next week. Excellent, for David Essex fans. Thank you very much indeed, Roger Foss. Bye. Bye. Talk to him next week. So all the fun of the fair. He's going to go and see that. And then we'll talk about it next week on the programme. Dawn says, I've just had a look. And you're quite right about the DVD, which is um, the Rick Wakeman one from Hampton Court, being an NTSC format. My copy is an uh, NTSC format, and it plays for me with no problems. Hope it plays properly for you. I can't wait to see it, actually. I could have gone to that. He said you want to come to it. I should have gone. I absolutely should have gone. Richard says a lot of prostitutes ask for £1,500, but with a little haggling, you can easily get them down. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, the trouble is, why, why do all, every time I read stories about that, they always make out that they're high class. And I have heard of high class prostitutes before who get jetted around the world. But to be honest with you, the majority of people who are sort of looking after footballers are generally in the 30 quid category. It's just that they, they don't like to be seen as being terribly, terribly cheap. Um, Connie says, which district in Vienna did you live? I was in the first district. That's where I lived, in Vienna. Because it's all split up into, into districts, which is, uh, which is very good. An American friend left a DVD of Kiss of the Spider Woman, but it's not compatible with British players. Well, actually, my, my DVD player in the bedroom plays everything. And, and I think all the, all the... Yes, and Amanda's, of course, plays everything as well. And so it should do, because I paid £80 for the privilege of it playing everything, unlike the one that I'm stuck with, which doesn't play anything at all, because it's sitting in the cupboard, because I'm having one of those, one of those stamping my foot things and throwing the toys out with the bathwater. I'm, I'm a bit Ben Shepherd a bit this morning. A little bit Adrian, a little bit, little bit, little bit me as well. Uh, Fifty naked, uh, good Lord, 50 naked men and a woman filming a naughty video in Paris for us were held after people thought the set lights were a UFO. What is this, this obsession with UFOs nowadays? They see lights in the forest. You mean you go, ooh, E.T., phone home. And they, they think, you know, if you've got lights, perhaps somebody's going to be taken off. It's always in forests, isn't it? I keep inviting, you know, all these aliens. If you're listening at the moment, Leicester Square, open 24 hours a day, just pop down. Well, I'll put you on the programme straight away. Anybody wants to come in from another planet, I'll put you straight on the programme. I had to open my copy of Hello! magazine this morning just to find out which celebrities I've never heard of. And there's a load of them in here. Um, including on the front cover Antonio Banderas and Melanie Griffiths. It looks a little bit strange. Our story, 15 years of love and the obstacles we've overcome. Why do people want to share that with you? 
Because, frankly, I'm not remotely interested. But I suppose somebody somewhere is sort of very, very interested. Uh, and also, Carly and Joe Cole's beautiful daughter, Ruby. It's kind of like, you know, what isn't for sale nowadays? Answer? I'm not for sale. It's LBC. It's 6.30. <laughs> Twenty-six minutes to uh, seven is the time. <laughs> it's all going on in the studio this morning. Just, just as we were going through a little sequence, the cleaner walked in and got a bucket out and started cleaning the table <laughs> in front of us. I thought, I wonder if she's going to finish before we go back on air again. But anyway, it's all very entertaining. Unfortunately, not entertaining in the world of horse racing. As yet again, Sam. Yeah. I'm afraid we didn't do very well at all. Uh, uh, both you and Alex, actually, had you both gone each way, he had a second... Hmm. Mind you, there's only four running, so... (laughs) (laughs) And you had a third. Well, I'm getting better. I'm getting closer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so yours was third out of 12. His was second out of fourth, so... So proportionally, I did better. Yes, proportionately you did, but um, but you still don't get any money. Fine. Which is a shame, really. So your total loss is now £13.15. I never thought I'd be sitting here at this age that I am now, 39 Mm. and three quarters, saying that you're £13.15 in debt. (laughs) Well, I think it's shameful that you don't I, actually take this on the chin. I'm taking it, I'm taking it deadly and, serious, and yeah. it's entirely my responsibility. Yes. I've been shirking it for too long, blaming the sports centre. Yes. It's entirely my responsibility. I was hoping that, the yes, they would have been better with sort of blacker back in the, in the frame. Because quite clearly, Kitramalides just really didn't have the faintest idea whether they were donkeys or tortoises running. Well, we did get a winner last Friday, don't forget. There's one. Well, that's... The whole idea is lot, to win not on a, a regular... Of, but winners, mind you, you're as bad as Alex. He's not doing very well either. I think it's a downturn. It's still in profit. It's a dip for the... Uh, horse racing industry at yes. the moment, obviously. Well, they're probably grateful that you're not actually out there training the things. Oh, dear. Could you imagine? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> so today we're off to go and see somebody called Beverly at 2.30. <laughs> yep. Okay. And uh, she's a sworn tigress. Oh, is she? A sworn tigress. Uh, well, I've got an appointment with Beverly at five past four, um, mm. and it's a hacienda. She'll be exhausted by the time she's finished with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, hacienda is, uh, is hacienda, my horse, anyway. No, the hacienda. 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 That's it. Hacienda. This yeah. is where we need Phil Kitchamalini. Yes, exactly. Why? He's, uh, he's good on his pronunciations. So if you're yes. not, uh, you never noticed. Yes, that. he does do that a lot, I've noticed, in the well, sports Well, he speaks many languages. He, d- he does. He's learning Italian at the moment, you know. Once, once he's perfected he's... English, we'll, we'll use him more on the programme. I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> oh, dear, honestly, ever the joker at 24 minutes to seven, but who cares? Right, so what was your one again? I've forgotten it. Hacienda. 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 Uh, yes, all right. All right. <laughs> Uh, so there's no no porridge today, I'm afraid. At the end, sorry, yes, OK. <laughs> You're pushing it. Off oh, you go. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Sam Pittis will be back with us tomorrow. Well, that's the theory. Whether it happens, I don't know. Uh, Juliet Morris is going to be looking through the papers today. And it's all people coming home and getting very excited. And people going, uh, we think the airline should pay. And Ryanair is saying, we're not paying a penny piece. We'll give you the flight. But that we're not giving it. And they go, it's an EU directive. <laughs> yeah, we're not paying you. OK? Take us to court. And people are going to try, but if you've been away longer than you anticipated, you might not have any money now, which is strange. Paul, Paul Brennan, actually, my friend in Vienna, has just texted and said, First District, liar. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to make it sound interesting. Oh, come on, wait a minute. Where, where, where was Frau Hahn? I can't remember where Frau Hahn was. First District. Couldn't I be in First District? Which one was that? Which was the one just up from the Funkhaus, Paul? He'll, he'll tell me. He knows these things. That's the trouble. You've got people listening in other countries, and I can't get away with anything now. Actually, I had a feeling that when, when we spoke about Vienna earlier with Nathan Morley, and uh, I, I, was, I was going to mention Paul Brennan, 
who works over there for the uh, ORF. And then I thought, no, I won't mention... He won't be listening this morning. Blow me down. He's only blooming well listening, isn't he? Uh, dreadful. Uh, Steve says, Mark, can you thank Owen and Simon for their generosity at the auction of the launch of Moments in Time at the Brentwood Theatre, with items owned by Ken Dodd, David Nixon, Narayev, Nellie Melba, Paul Daniels, and many more. Fascinating. Well done. Well done to you. Nice to hear from you, Mark, at Brentwood Theatre. Uh, Viv is just back from two weeks in Mexico. Uh, and Cancun, only booked for one week. So you've got two weeks. You see, I would think that that would be a bonus. You, you book for a week and you get two weeks. It's good, isn't it? Uh, Steve, Google your make of DVD and there'll be a page that lets you convert your make to take US discs. Well, I can't on my one. I've tried it on the one in the city. Don't ask me why I can't do it. I've been able to do it on everything else, but not this one. Jackie's had a cough for three weeks and as a result, she's now got pleurisy. Part of the recovery, I've been told to rest, as the pain across my chest and back has been awful. So part of my entertainment has been to watch television that I've often heard people talk about, the Jeremy Kyle show. So I thought, why not tune in and see for yourself? Well, I'm sorry to say, Steve, we are finished. How can so many people not only be so stupid, but show the rest of us? I was utterly appalled. Are there really that many thick people out there? Oh, even more, Jackie. Even more than you imagine. They are vile, revolting people. I mean, to, to call them chavs would be an insult to proper chavs. To, to call them just pond life would perhaps be a, a more apt description. I don't know where they find people like this from. Women, you know, with their, their tracky bottoms on and, you know, and they're just about managing to get half of their bottom on the chair. And then on comes the boyfriend, who's generally got most of his teeth missing, tattoos across his neck and, uh, and spots. And these apparently are the best that they can get. Perhaps there's an agency for people like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, where do you get all this many ugly people from? I know there is an agency called Ugly, because, in fact, Dale joined it years and years ago. And the Ugly agency is very famous. And, and the, the reason it was called Ugly is because it was different people. Fat people, thin people, tall people, very skinny, very bony people, people who look somewhat peculiar from the rest of us. Even short people feature Amanda in there. They don't get much work, of course, because they, they can't see over the desk to sign their name. So there's no point in actually booking them in for anything. She said to me this morning, she said, I came in, she said, oh, dear. She said, it's so exhausting. I mean, she had climbing the stairs as an effort for her at the front. And they have to have a little oxygen thing halfway up for her, and she has to sit there and wait, and she <sighs> takes in a bit of the oxygen. So don't forget today, just in case you were forgetting, that James Whale is live in Bristol. And then Petri will be uh, following up with the second UK leadership debate. And tomorrow it's Nick Ferrari down in Barking. He'll be taking the battle bus down there. So uh, good luck to him and the team. Also today they're talking about uh, jokes, telling jokes. And they've got... Um, who, is the, who is the guest here? I think it's uh, A.B. Philbin Bowman, an Irish comedian and writer, director, performer of the highly acclaimed Jesus, the Guantanamo Years, which was part of the Edinburgh Fringe. fringe. Jesus, the Guantanamo. <laughs> yes. Interesting. And also talk about wearing glasses. I love glasses. Face furniture. Absolutely love it. Uh, Hollywood. Why are the baddies always British? Perhaps because we play Brit baddies quite well. There's loads of other baddies. Why are the baddies always British? Where did this one come from? Uh, and they're going to be talking to uh, Darren Johnson, uh, Nigel Farage and uh, Nick Griffin, leader of the BNP. Is it ever too late to own up? They've got three different stories. One from Ken Livingstone. One from Sue Carroll and one from Quentin Letts. There's a man who's uh, gone back after all these years to a shop because he pinched some Jaffa cakes. And he's gone back to say, I pinched these all those years ago and, uh, and I felt, felt a bit guilty about it. A bit late now, isn't it, to go back and, uh, and start doing that, which is good. Uh, Carmen says, uh, if they want to call it moaning, keep it up. You're on fire this morning. 
And I'm sitting here in bed in Pennsylvania saying, go, Steve, go. Walk out that door. Don't turn around now, because you don't... Oh, it doesn't matter. No point in doing song titles. I'm never, never particularly good at doing song titles. Actually, just quickly whizzing back through hello, they've got a, a cocktail with Amanda Byram. I know, you'd be hard pushed to remember who she was, wouldn't you? She was over here. She went out with Patrick Kilty for a while. The dreary twosome, I'm afraid. But anyway, uh, she made her name on the big breakfast. No, she didn't. And uh, not much of a name, I'm afraid. In fact, it was so bad, she had to go to America to work, and she didn't do very well over there. So she comes back and she does this dreadful show, Total Wipeout. That's the, cl- that's the claim to fame. Who's her co-presenter? Richard Hammond. This is another name being touted to replace people. It's just appalling, isn't it, really? But obviously on, on television, unlike radio, I can, I can see half of GMTV applying to LBC very shortly. You know, possibly we can get something you know, down here. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll be going, no, we've got nothing at the moment, afraid. Not in, not in the price category you all fall into. Because people nowadays, they just seem to expect a lot of money and they don't seem to actually do very much for it. Uh, Daily Mail, apart from Katie Derham going back... Uh, to the BBC, having left the BBC, £250,000. I thought the BBC were cutting back. Why would they pay £250,000? And everywhere at the moment, and I'm sorry to mention it too early in the morning, put your handkerchief, you know, over your mouth, fingers in your ears, dandelions are back. Apparently they're everywhere. Dandelions are everywhere. Now, I don't know about you, but I love dandelions. In fact, I also like daffodils by the roadside. But there is an internet campaign to... To stop people throwing, because a lot of well-meaning people made up little parcels of uh, bulbs, daffodil bulbs, and throw them out the car as they're going down the motorway with a bit of earth attached, and then they, they root in. And, of course, daffodils multiply every year. So this year you've got two, next year you've got four or six, and so it goes on. And, and, people, and there are people who hate daffodils. They think they look very common. Whereas, in fact, I love driving down motorways or, and finding big clumps of daffodils. I think they're fantastic. But there is this... Yeah, but it's better than... Who wants to drive down looking at, you know, just a bit of grass or, or something? You know, I want to see some daffodils out there, and I think it looks brilliant, or snowdrop. I don't care what it is. Uh, and dandelions. Apparently, because of the strange... Well, I've got an influx of slugs at the moment. Where do they come from? I'm up in the air. What do they do? Get dropped by birds. I can always tell because they leave a little trail as they're going into the pots, and I've just potted up, just potted up the strawberries. A bit excited by this. A bit excited by doing the strawberries. And, uh, and I'm going to go trawling around today to go and find them in the hanging baskets. Although my cleaner, Mr Vizzino, says, no, Mr Allen, don't worry, says, I'm going to do... I said, no, listen, please, I'm happier buying them. I really am. Because what I do with him, if ever I need to get rid of the baskets, I don't throw them away. He takes them. And he, he's one of these clever people who takes out the bits he needs, reuses the basket. Me, I'm a bit, I'm a bit wasteful, actually. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not good. However, if you're, if you're at the moment trying to woo somebody, you know... And uh, it says, a novel way to woo your lover. Forget scented candles and sexy lingerie. Read to them. Read to them. But, well, I would have thought, if you managed to get them into bed, reading is the last thing you're going to be thinking about. You know, a bedtime story, apparently. Seven in ten men regularly read to their wives and girlfriends. And when I say that, they've got wives and girlfriends. <laughs> uh, to help them relax before going to sleep. We don't want them to go to sleep, do you? I thought you've already wooed them. I mean, what's the point of being wooed in bed? You know, seems a bit ridiculous. Apparently, two in three women say they're more affectionate to a partner who reads aloud. Yes, yeah, I tried that. But, I mean, nobody's into Noddy at my age. It's ridiculous, you know. So, Noddy, I'm, oh, shut up. So, I, I never got round to it anymore. It's reading to them in bed. I've never heard of anything like it. Apparently, Scottish men are most keen to use the power of words to improve their relationship. I'm tempted to do the jokes, but I don't think... I think I'll save them this morning, just in case somebody writes in and goes, oh, you're against the Scottish. You're always against the Scottish, Steve. 
Incident, that was my Chinese impression. Quarter to seven. The headline, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve, as hundreds more travellers arrive home off. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to seven Thursday morning in London. It's whizzing through this week, isn't it? Although for some of you... If you've only just arrived back in the country, you're probably uh, probably not thinking that at all. You're thinking, we've got to get the kids ready, we've got to go to school, we've got exams, we've got this coming out. We've now got to check the credit card bill. And if you flew Ryanair, you've now got that hurdle to uh, overcome. Alfin Rotherhide says, uh, have a fantastic St George's Day. Do you know the one thing we never mentioned yesterday? The Queen's birthday. Never mentioned the Queen's birthday. Shame on me. Being a staunch uh, royalist. A little, uh, little bit naughty of me. Uh, I should have done it. Uh, Daily Star this morning... They've got pictures of all the stranded Brits who've come back into the country, and boy, do they look very happy and very pleased. I don't know why. You'd have thought everybody I've spoken to says you think they'd be grateful for having an extra few days on holiday. But, uh, but I mean, some people I know have been travelling. Yeah, but you could still you can make travelling enjoyable. I don't know why people are... Mo- That's the trouble. All we do is moan in this country. Wouldn't find me moaning all the time. <laughs> Not many. 84850, steve at Um Also, the paper today... Uh, I mentioned earlier on this stores ready for Russia's 3D... T- Who on earth in their right mind is going to buy a 3D television? Well, you'd have to be balmy, wouldn't you, to want one of those? They now say Comet's website is advertising a 50-inch Samsung for just under £1,600. Uh, John Lewis is selling one for £1,800. They say John Lewis is braced for a busy morning whilst Comet and Curry's are expecting a surge of online orders. Samsung's Andy Griffiths says, once you've seen a programme in 3D, you'll be hooked on the excitement. Yeah, only once. Only the once. I wonder if Darren will talk about it with, uh, with Petri on, on Friday. I'm not remotely interested in 3D television. I wasn't that interested in 3D at the, at the movies. The only time I ever saw 3D before was when I went to Disney... Uh, and I saw the Michael Jackson film that he made specifically. And that, that was quite interesting. But once you've seen it, you've seen it. I can, I can live without stuff like that. I really can. Um, this is ter- What a terrible story there is in the papers. This morning. What a depressing story. Sorry to bring it to you. But it's, it's a woman who's, uh, whose son uh, is an army bomb disposal hero. And uh, he went uh, abroad. He went to Afghanistan. And his mother feared that he wouldn't come back. So she took her own life. Her husband was distraught at her killing herself, but his father killed himself as well, because he said he couldn't live without his wife. So before she was found dead, Doreen had been on medication to overcome worries, her only child to be killed in battle. Three weeks after her death, her husband John was found suspended from the same spot at their home in Aldershot, leaving a note saying he couldn't live without her. Dreadful, isn't it? The inquest was told that if the soldier had any concerns about his father, he would have not have gone back to the front line. Absolutely terrible. What a dreadful thing to happen. When, sort of, you know, parents worry about things. And we were, we were saying the other day that, uh, that you should talk to people. If you've got any concerns about that, you, you need to talk to somebody. Don't ever bottle it up, because bottling it up doesn't, doesn't serve any, any purpose at all, I'm afraid. You have to tell people, we were talking the other day about depression, and how some people just say to somebody with depression, oh, just get over yourself, just get over yourself, you know, it'll go away, don't worry, you know, have an, have an early night, you'll feel better the next day. And, of course, if people are suffering from serious depression, they don't just get over it the next day. It's something that can live with them uh, for a long, 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 long time. Ruth Jones is coming back, incidentally, in a new comedy. She was, I don't even know who Ruth Jones is, but in fact she was in Gavin and Stacey. She's, uh, she's an actress. She played the Welsh woman, Nessa. You know, I love Welsh. And, uh, and so she's going to come back. She's going to star in a new sitcom on Sky One. Sky says she's hugely talented. 
Incidentally, I got no end of uh, people contacting me yesterday after we'd mentioned the dancing boys of Afghanistan. And a lot of people watching it, a lot of friends of mine in the media were saying, I've never even heard of this programme, but they went to watch it and were absolutely gobsmacked at what was going on. So if you hadn't uh, heard of it, if, strangely enough, as I was going home yesterday, they reviewed it in the Metro, and they were saying, you just couldn't, you couldn't make this story up in a million years. It's, uh, it's an indication of things that are going on in another country, which is just terrible. Here's this man, the pensioner, tracked down his old boss after 50 years to admit stealing a packet of Jaffa cakes. John Bibby was 15 when he scoffed the bickies during his summer holiday at a holiday camp coffee bar, and he never forgave himself. Yeah, right. So kept it going for 50 years, never forgave himself. Well, every day remonstrated, I'm going to beat myself with a woman's weekly and be very guilty. Half a century later, he traced his ex-boss, Les Simpson, who's 79. He drove, luckily, he was still living. He drove 50 miles, and uh, Les says, he pulled out a packet of Jaffa cakes and said, Les, I have a confession to make. I wouldn't even recognise anybody 50 years on. How do you recognise somebody 50 years on? Sometimes the producer will sometimes wear a different outfit in the morning. I've got no idea who she is. She walks in. I go, who's that? Certainly not tall, but, you know, who is that that they've sent it? It's only because of a height. Because they, they put one of those things very kindly on the wall that they had at Thorpe Park. You know, if, 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 if you can fit under this, you're not going on the ride. And they've actually... And they have that, actually, in the toilet for us. So she can't go to the toilet here, because they're for adults. So they put a mark on the toilet door, and I get, yeah, you've got to be above that mark there. Otherwise, you're not going on the dragon boat race. You're not doing any of these other things. So this guy then traced him back 50 years. Strangely enough, John, the man who stole it, is a retired teacher. Well, I mean, just going back with a packet of Jaffa cakes 50 years on is of no interest to me. I'd have called the police, like they did in Emmerdale the other night, after Aaron... Who's running with the gay story? At the moment, we've got gay storylines everywhere. You can't move for it. It's in Coronation Street, EastEnders. Every, they all think, oh, we've just discovered gay storylines. So you've got Aaron, who's gay, but isn't out, but has told Paddy, which is roughly like telling everybody. And he then had a punch-up with the bloke who he met in the gay bar in Hotton, or wherever it is. And, and it all kicked off in the pub, because this bloke goes, come on, and just touched him on the hand. And then Aaron kicked off. And the next thing... Strange enough, because obviously the police operate in a different way up there. The police turn up at Aaron's house, which he shares with Paddy, because I think Paddy is his guardian. And they don't even—they they don't question him. They just go, are you so-and-so? They go, yes. Next thing, he's handcuffed and taken away. I thought that's not how they operate. Somebody would come round and go, listen, we have a, a complaint about this. We'd like you to come to... And just arrest somebody. Pat's new black Labrador, listening in the morning. With Pat and her yellow Labrador. My owners have emigrated and I've come to live with her having a wonderful time. Good for you. That's what we like. We like people who are very, very happy at this time of the morning. You don't get many happy people at this time of the morning. Especially if you're having to, uh, to go to work and you don't really want to go to work. Um, one here that says, try getting a £20 DVD from one of the supermarkets. They seem to play any DVD and for 20 quid, what have you got to lose? That is true. It is true. John in Streatham says, don't hurt the slugs. They're beautiful in their own way. No, they're not. Not eating my plants, I'm afraid. Um, Phil the cabbie says, I worked for the Samaritans for seven years. They can work wonders. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Beverly Callard uh, didn't do the Samaritans. She had to go to the Priory, and she had a, a form of treatment that I didn't think was, uh, was actually available anymore. She had electric shock treatments, and she's on medication now, which she will need to take for the rest of her life. Uh, John bought seeds in bulk from Meadow Mania. My mother loves poppies, so next year... Barnes Common Roughland area around the pond is going to be a blaze of... How lovely. They never last long enough, do they? Why can't they last longer, these things? Fields of poppies. How wonderful. Uh, the disc. 
Of the six wives, says Richard of Henry VIII, although made in NTSC format, is still Region 2 and therefore will play on any Region 2 Europe player on any TV made within the last 25 years. He said, go buy the discs, Steve, you'll have no problem. Well, I have, but only because uh, Dawn mentioned to me, and I thought, I definitely want it. I should have gone to Hampton Court Palace to see uh, Rick Wakeman. Didn't get to see it, but this one takes you behind the scenes at the Palace, and there's loads of extras, so uh, it does it for me, as they say. Don't forget, lots happening on uh, LBC today. Don't forget James Whale is uh, live in Bristol, together with LBC's political correspondent Tom Cheel. And Petri at 7 will preview the second UK leadership debate, which you can hear live on LBC 97.3, and she'll be back afterwards for you to have your say. And then Nick's got the battle bus tomorrow down in Barking. Juliet Morris will go through the papers later on for you. If you go to the LBC website, please do. It is lbc.co.uk. You can check out all the podcastings. In other words, if you're stuck in airports, just in case this thing flares up again, you've always got an LBC podcast to listen to, which means that you're never going to be fed up thinking, I've nothing, oh, I'm so bored here, the kids are playing. You just plug in one of the shows on LBC that you listen to, and uh, everything becomes like home again. And once I've moved from the first district in Vienna, I shall let you know where I'm going to. I'm back tomorrow morning at 5 Have a great day. It's going to be a nice sunny day, so shorts, but only if you've got uh, the legs looking rather interesting. First of all, the business update, Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing down 60 points at 57.